I'm just going to share a few minutes with you. Um, it's Pentecost Sunday, which is the day the church really began. And the church began because of the sending of the Holy Spirit. And so church, church leaders have always seen um, Acts chapter 2 as the beginning of this new new relationship that Jesus had with his people by sending the Holy Spirit who's for all. So the title of my my teaching today is this, The Spirit and Kinship. And I want to emphasize that the Holy Spirit is not about personality preference. Sometimes we wrongly think, well, someone who is emotive or someone who is... um, interested in in vivacious worship they're into the holy spirit but i'm just into the bible or i'm just into the sacraments now the holy spirit's for everyone it's not about outgoing personalities you don't have an experience with the holy spirit because you're outgoing you have an experience with the holy spirit because he's real he's more than a one-time experience he's more than an annual revival He's not owned by the Charismatics and Pentecostals, and he will not be ignored forever by the cessationists. He is a resident. The Holy Spirit is a resident by his sovereign choice. He has chosen to reside in you. He's chosen to have a home with us as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so now we don't have to go to Jerusalem. We don't have to go to the Holy of Holies. Because on a mountain in Southeast Asia, the Holy Spirit is with our friends who shared. And here in the woods and hills of Tennessee, he's here at the same time. He is present and he's among us. So this is not a Holy Spirit seminar. I'm not going to answer every question about the Holy Spirit. Thank God for that, right? It'd be a long day. And and I love talking about the Holy Spirit, and there's all types of of ways you can access that teaching. Um, And and I'd love to even talk to you personally about it. But here's what I want to do today. I want to look at one passage. I I want to elevate the role of the Holy Spirit in your life and, and help you see that the, the family connection comes through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and kinship. So let's read the passage, and at the end, I'm going to present it as a word of the Lord, and you may say, thanks be to God, if you want to do that. So it won't be on the screen, but I'm going to read it anyway. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. Again, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. 16, the spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with them so that we may also be glorified with him. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So years and years ago, we were having VBS. Now we call it Venture. But uh, we were having VBS, and we had one of our leaders who had worked with students for years. This guy is well-respected, was well-respected in the community and great with kids. 
But I noticed he was just acting different with this one kid. I mean, he was like talking down this kid and like saying, boy, you, you better get in line. You better listen to me. And I was like, this is very, very uncharacteristic. And so I just kind of he just kind of slowly walked over to the group of kids, and, and I asked this gentleman, I said, hey, what was going on there? And he said, hey, don't worry about it. That's Ken. I go, what? Don't worry about it. That's Ken. He said, that's, that's my nephew. <laughs> I'm putting him in line. And I thought, okay, I did kind of ease up a little bit after that because it really wasn't inappropriate what he did. It was just uncharacteristic. But isn't it interesting that, like, with our own family, I mean, we know that we can be a little more forthright. I mean, we can really say what we mean. And here's the reason why. You know that with your own family, this is going to be bad news for some of you, you never get rid of them, right? Okay, so co-workers, you know, I, I might work with a co-worker, you know, 40 hours a week for 40 years. But once we retire, I may never see them again. But family, they're always going to come back around. So because you know you're never going to get rid of them, sometimes you really tell it like it is. And we see this as a negative, but it's actually um, can be reframed as something beautiful. That like, these are my people. And we're not connected circumstantially. We're connected by blood or we're connected by legality. We, we are we're in it together. And I think about this because when we, we experience the Holy Spirit, like I, I know we did during worship today, this scripture today, we're just going to look at this one passage, confirm something, and here's the first thing. You are a son and a daughter, or, or a daughter, excuse me. You are a son or daughter. I want you to remember this, that the presence of the Lord is confirmation of who you belong to. We are no longer scared of the presence of the Lord. We properly fear the presence of the Lord, but we don't fear it in such a way that feels consequential. We respect it, but we have a confidence we are his. Look at verse 14. For all those led by God's spirit spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And that word Abba is a word that means Papa, something to that, an affectionate term. A daddy or Papa or something of that nature. We, we're not under the spirit of fear that says, man, we're, we're, going, we're going to be slaves or God's going to zap us or God's going to get us. We are under, we have the Holy Spirit, and it confirms we're sons and we're daughters. The historian Ron Cherno talks about in the 1700s how when when children were born out of the marriage covenant, I don't like this term, but just to help us us, uh, explain it further, we, we call it illegitimate children, but, you know, there are no such things, right? In God's eyes, they're all legitimate. But... When those were born outside of the marriage covenant, often what would happen is that uh, they, they, would, they would be in the house and people would say, well, that person, they're a distant relative that are, that are home, that they're visiting us and they're serving. And they, they wouldn't necessarily claim them. And this is, 
this is, a, am sure, a very difficult thing for, for people, and, and this is something that, that as society, I mean, we, we know that that's so damaging to people uh, emotionally. But it brings me to my second point today. The Holy Spirit, through him, you are confirmed. You are confirmed. Look at verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The gift of the Holy Spirit is confirmation that you belong to God. Not only are you positionally a son and daughter, he sends his spirit and his presence to assure you of that. And that's why the table of the Lord is open to all of you. All of you believe in Jesus, the table is open. That's why we invite you down for prayer at the end of the service. That's why when we have the call to worship, it's calling everyone in the room, everyone on the screen to worship. Because you are in the family. You're not on the outside. You're on the inside. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to wonder if we are God's son or God's daughter. The scripture tells us the Holy Spirit right now confirms who we are. You have his spirit confirming who you are. That's one of the things that as your pastor, I want you to feel is I want you to feel the security of the work of Jesus in your life. You know that bad preaching often gets people to raise their hand at the end of the service. And when, you know, when I see the same hands going up week after week after week, it means I ain't preaching good because I'm just making people doubt who Jesus is. I want to tell you, I want you to raise your hands because he's worthy and you're free and you know who he is and you know you're a son and you're a daughter and you're not doubting your salvation because the one who is in you has filled you with his spirit and you know you belong to God because God is with you. He's resident with you. He's at home with you. He's there. You are confirmed as a son or a daughter. You might say, well, I just feel all of this conviction for sin in my life. Does that mean I'm not saved? No, that means you have the Holy Spirit. If you're convicted of sin, that means your heart is not hard. It means that you haven't turned away from the Lord because his grace has compelled you. If you're in God's presence and you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that last night. I wish I wouldn't have said that in the car. I wish I wouldn't have thought that in the lobby. That doesn't mean you're out. That means you're in because the Holy Spirit of God is saying, you're my daughter. You're my son. I'm not going to let this sin linger. I'm not going to let it stay. I'm convicting you out of love because you belong to me. The Holy Spirit confirms his work. Some of you know that I'm a, I'm a Texas Rangers baseball fan, which has been just a, a curse upon my life, unfortunately. <laughs> and I don't even like our new stadium. I see it on TV, and I've actually been once, and it's not that great of a stadium. But it does have air conditioning, so that's great. So my best friend growing up, uh, he and I went to, and, and our friend group went to a lot of, Ranger games, usually on a Tuesday and Thursday when we went to the grocery store and get half-price tickets, that whole deal. And so we, we saw a lot of bad, bad baseball. And my best friend, he was kind of challenged financially growing up, but uh, he's done really well as an adult. Uh, he, he, he makes a lot of money now, and, and, and God's really blessed him. And so back in the summer of 2010, 
the Rangers were doing really good. I mean, they were like the, one of the best teams in baseball. So when I talked to my best friend occasionally, he would say, now, Aaron, I'm a season ticket holder. And if we go to the World Series, you're flying down here and you're going, you're going we're going to go to a game together. And I thought, well, that's not going to happen, but okay, that's a nice thought. <laughs> well, if you remember, they made it that year. They made it against the Giants. And as they were winning the playoff games and approaching the World Series, I thought, this is pretty cool. I'm going to the World Series. You know, but he never returned my calls or returned my texts. <laughs> so he didn't believe either, did he? And he ended up, I saw on pictures, uh, guess who he took? He took his 10-year-old son. How I many know that's the right, right person to take? You know what? Because his son is an heir. Right? I mean, you got a friend, but then you've got a son. And I don't know about you guys, but for my daughter or my son, I'm going to do more than I will for most people. Now, we're in the family of God, so we know that that breaks out of those kind of earthly categories. But from an earthly standpoint, here's point three. You are an heir. You are an heir. The Holy Spirit tells you today you've got something coming. I mean, it's already in you. It's an inheritance there's something that the Lord has deposited in you. Look at verse 17. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, we have the richness of eternity. We have what Christ has established. We have the promise of heaven. We have hope for tomorrow. We have centuries past the decades we can see. We have Something that cannot be corrupted by this world, can't be stolen by the enemy. We, we have something that God has held for us in eternity that nothing in this life can touch. So when we're having a bad day or a bad year or even a challenging decade, we have something to hope for. We have something to hope for because of who we belong to. We are heirs. I think about heirs. I think about some of the famous families in our country, and probably the two most fam famous families in the 20th century were the Kennedys and the Bushes. And um, I've studied both families, and there's, there's a lot of admirable things about both families. And so when one of, the, one of the Kennedys or one of the Bushes become president or governor, it looks good on the whole family. But when one of them does something disgraceful, the whole family feels it. This is part of being in a family. Here's my last point today is you are affected. You are affected. This is part of the Holy Spirit, and this is going to be good news for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says, If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. We identify with the sacrificial life of Christ. We identify with the cross. We identify with sometimes being an outcast in this world. But that's okay. I mean, we're not looking for that, but we know it's going to come. And when that comes, we look further. And we look higher. And we look deeper. We don't just live on what we see on the surface. 
We don't just live by the timeline that we can see uh, in our natural eyes. We see way further, knowing that the years we have in this life are temporal. The decades that we get here in this life is just a foretaste. It's just the beginning. It's, it's just kind of the start. There's a greater glory. There's a greater opportunity. There's a greater greater preparation, something that the Lord has prepared for us. We may suffer today, but the scripture says we'll be glorified tomorrow. We may sacrifice today, but we'll be rewarded tomorrow. We may question today, but we'll know fully tomorrow. We may be persecuted today, but we will rule with him tomorrow. We may be weak, but he is strong. We may be limited, but he is omnipotent. We may be functioning naturally, but he functions supernaturally. We may be limited by the flesh, but he is unleashed by the sending of his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit is upon us. The Holy Spirit is with in us. And I'm here to remind you this morning that greater is he, the Holy Spirit that is in you, than he, the enemy that's in the world. That God is making you a victor in Christ because of the position of Christ. And he sent his Holy Spirit because you are not an orphan. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are not alone. He is with you at the, in the, during the darkest night. He said he would be with you even to the ends of the earth, which is the unknown place. Our God is for you. And on this day, on June 5th, I want you to be encouraged that the sending of the Holy Spirit was not to establish a denomination. It wasn't to establish a style of Christian. It wasn't to establish a personality expression. It wasn't so people could be arrogant and we could have two tiers of Christians, some taking pride in the Holy Spirit, some abandoning the Holy Spirit. Let's just rip away all of those cultural realities and know that he is with us. He is present. He is for you. He is in the middle of your mess. He's in the middle of of the nightmare. He's in the middle of your success. He's in the middle of your blessing and he will not leave you. He is for you.